Welcome to Lifestyle Solopreneur, the community for entrepreneurs who put lifestyle first. Join your host, Flavia Barris, as she interviews successful lifestyle solopreneurs and shares ideas to help you find the perfect balance between lifestyle, business, and self. Flavia is an attorney, marketing expert, and founder of several online academies. She's been featured in major media, including BBC World News, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Post, ESPN Television, and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Jane Ferre. She works with HR directors to offer private outplacement coaching to their senior leaders. This work helps the HR director to exit their people with speed, dignity, and grace so that they can transition quickly into their next role. She came to this after experiencing redundancy, not once, but twice in one year. Once her choice, the other was not. She was offered this kind of outplacement during the first redundancy, which she turned to during the second. Using everything she learned the first time around helped her to bounce back quicker. Before setting up her own coaching practice, she had a 20 plus year career in senior HR roles, such as HR business partner, head of leadership development, and head of talent at British Airways before joining Leon Restaurants as their very first head of training. All of this means that Jane has been active in the job market in recent years. She understands exactly how much effort you need to put into each job application, how frustrating it can be when you get ghosted after an interview. She's been on the other side of the recruiting table, so she knows exactly what the recruiting managers are looking for, and she can help you transition to your next dream job. Welcome to the show, Jane. Thank you so much for having me, Flavia. It's great to be here. It is fabulous to have you because you know what? In every economy, it doesn't matter if we're in a recession or everything's going gangbusters, transitioning from one job to another, that is just a reality. Sometimes it's voluntary, sometimes it isn't, but everyone, most everyone experiences that not just once, but many times in their career. And that would be this big transition from one job to another. So tell us a little bit about what that world looks like for someone who's on your side of it. So certainly from an HR space, I mean, usually what this, this comes about because of some downsizing or maybe it's a takeover or maybe it's just the business has changed direction and the skills that you had in your job are just no longer needed in the business. So I always say it's roles that are redundant, not people, because you can walk out of that job with your skills, experience and capability and go and use that somewhere else. Very often, particularly when you're quite senior, You've generally worked in an organization for quite a long time and it's you've focused your career on moving up inside the organization. And it's about then how do you then navigate the job market? Because the job market has changed so much, even in just the past couple of years. But even in the last five, 10 years, it's changed a lot. You know, there's things like LinkedIn. How do I do my CV or my resume now? And people are just really struggling and just need a hand with that, really. And job transitions can be so stressful especially when they're not voluntary i mean i was i was working during the last you know big recession that was in like 07 08 when things sort of went haywire here in the US economy. We had just a really big number of layoffs. Companies were laying people off left and right. I remember I worked at a really big company at the time. And the way that the layoffs were handled was someone would just be in their office at their desk working away. And then security and one representative from HR would walk into their office 
and kind of give a look and the person realized, oh no, I think I'm being exited. And I'm next. You know, their computer the guillotine. Like, <laughs> yeah, their computer would just like, like turn off and they were like locked out of the systems and security would watch them, make sure they didn't, I guess, you know, take client files or something. Very, um, very traumatic, you know, and I'm hopeful that not all companies handle it that way, but it seems like you probably end up playing a little bit of like therapist and psychologist, not professionally, you know, kind of like amateur (laughs) level, but still, I think there's so much emotion built into job transitions. It's a loss. If you're talking about, you know, redundancy, you lose your job, you lose your salary, but also you lose your status in your family, your status in society, your status at the golf club. You're suddenly, I noticed that difference because I was, I'd go to a lot of events as part of my job and I was Jane from British Airways and everybody wanted to talk to me. And then suddenly when I went, when I was unemployed, I was Jane who nobody wanted to talk to because there was nothing in it for them. And it's heartbreaking. (laughs) It's just awful. So there's so much wrapped up in our jobs. And just as you lose, people pass away, you have, you experience loss. It's the same thing when you lose your job. And those stories that you describe of the security and HR coming to your desk and your, your computer disappearing, they make me so angry because it doesn't have to be like that. Cause that's just horrible for everyone, right? <laughs> oh, I'm, oh yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure even the security guard was like, I can't, I hate this part of my job for sure. <laughs> but you know, I like that companies are reaching out to consultants like you, because that to me is a sign that companies want to be more thoughtful about this process. And do you know what? It saves them time and money. So even if they really don't care about the person if they just look at it from their perspective. And the great employers care. The ones who also offer it because, you know what, this is going to keep me out of a lawsuit. It's going to help that person move on. And I don't have the time for it. Do you know that that's kind of okay as well, but it, it, it's just like, it doesn't have to be like people getting angry. It can be here in the UK, we have to have a consultation with an aim to reach agreement, but you don't have to reach agreement. But actually, if you've just behaved like a human being and treated the person with respect, then even though this was certainly my story the second time round, even though I didn't like what was happening to me, it was literally, I got an email inviting me to a meeting on the Friday. I went to the meeting and it was Monday's your last day, go home, write a handover, come back in on Monday with your keys, your laptop and your mobile phone. And that was it. Now I get it. I get what was happening to me. And my boss was he was treating me with respect and that helped me to move on so much quicker. So you don't have to be a complete idiot about it. And if you're not, then it's just better for everyone, really. So give us a couple of case studies, you know, something that you can share. Obviously, it has to be anonymous and and so forth, (laughs) but a couple of case studies of ways that you've really made a difference. So, I mean, there was one client that I worked with quite recently who was a hire for their organization had relocated countries to go and do this job. And the organization realized that it just wasn't working out, that the person was a great person, but it just wasn't the right person for the role. And they reached out, they had a kind of an adult, adult conversation with this person and just said, look, it's not working out. I think everybody knows when it's not, if we're really honest with ourselves, we know when it's not. And they actually reached out to me and said, look, we recognize the sacrifice and and that this person has gone through in order to come and work for us. And we're, we don't feel right just getting rid of them. So we want to give them that help to help them transition out. And that individual was really appreciative of that help, especially as they'd, you know, they'd moved their 
family and children, <laughs> you know, their partner, their children. And their partner was making a life in a different country where they didn't speak the language. And that's really hard. So they really appreciated it. And actually, I think it's that there is a little bit of the conversation around the loss and how you've been treated. But very quickly, generally, the people that come to me are working for great employers who will give the outplacement. We can then move through that and start to go, okay, so what's next? So the thing that redundancy did to me is it gave me that kick up the backside because, you know what, I probably should have left a couple of years before. (laughs) And actually what it did is it helped open the doors to go and find something else. And actually, if you, you know, I was lucky I left with a package. So that gave me a bit of room to think, space to think about what I wanted to do next. And that was really beneficial for me. And, and that was the same for this, this individual as well. So just having those conversations every week to think about what's really important to you now moving on, what have you done before? Where would you like to be? And this person is doing great. I can't say where they are now because that would give the game away, but they are just, they're just flying. And, and some of the work that, that I did with them has really helped them to look at other opportunities for themselves. And then for you, because I don't know exactly what you do day to day, right? Where does your work overlap and how is it different from like recruiting or headhunting? So I'm kind of nothing to do with that, really. So the things that I do is I help people who are who are leaving an organization because they are forced to leave. And sometimes people also come to me because they know that they're stuck where they are right now and they just can't figure out how to move out of it. So the stuff that I do is I help them think about what's really important to you right now. What are your own personal values? Because the, your values is the foundation for your job search because you need to find an organization and a line manager that matches with those values. And if there isn't that that connection there, it's not going to work out for you. So I've got an exercise that I take people through and we uncover those. And there's always a little bit of a surprise in there. A lot of my clients are always surprised that money is a key value for them. (laughs) It's like, no, money, you need money to live your life. And if that's important to you, that's important to you. We then think about like, what have you done in the past? What have your key achievements been in your role? And I get them to really think about that and quantify it as much as they can. Because essentially all people are looking for who are hiring, all hiring managers are looking for people who are going to make the organization money, save the organization money or mitigate some risk in the organization. So what they're looking for is how can you do this? And it's your job as the applicant to make that clear to somebody. So I work a lot with people on really articulating what's the value that they bring to an organization. And then we start to put the collateral together. So the resume, CV, LinkedIn profile, and then think about how do you leverage your network? Because at a senior level, you're not going to be applying for a job on LinkedIn or on any other job hosting site. You're going to be getting your job through your network because the job market, particularly at a senior level, is like an iceberg. There's only a third of it that you can see. The rest of it is hidden. So you then have to, then there's a lot of work on how do you leverage your network, get clear about what it is you're looking for so that they can help job search for you, but they need to know what you're looking for. So it's it's really that package. So people come to me because they're stuck and they just know they need some help and accountability. So otherwise they'll be like me and go, I should really have left two years ago, but I just, you know, I need to have that meeting in the diary with someone so that I'll actually do the work. Or other times it's, you know, people have been exited from their business. So there's kind of two types of people who come to me. It's fascinating. There was a movie that they made and it's not really related to what you do specifically, but just to show that 
the topic of job transitions is drama, right? They made an entire movie around it called Up in the Air at George Clooney. And I love that uh, film. <laughs> yeah, it's a great film. I mean, just really good writing and acting and the whole thing, right? But it, it really centered around of uh, just this this transition for people and and how it's handled. Just spoiler alert, I, I won't go too much into the plot, but suffice it to say that George Clooney's character is very much involved in kind of the layoff industry. Believe it or not, there is an industry around layoffs at companies. And, yeah. and the movie's main premise was, can you replace the human touch with just a, a much more sort of computerized, sort of Zoom-based? And this movie came out long before COVID and now all we do is Zoom day to day. So maybe <laughs> In today's world, actually, someone could be fired over Zoom and it's not going to be quite as traumatic, cold and impersonal as it would have been prior to COVID when we didn't really use virtual kind of conferencing as much as we do today. But yeah. I, I just, I love it. So for, for you, what is, give us like a week in the life of, and what do you call yourself as a consultant? Like what would be the name for your um, role? So I would call myself an executive career coach. That would be my job title if I had to have a job title, I think. Yes. So um, give us yeah. a week a, a week in the life of an executive career coach. So for me, I don't think there's a really typical week. I think if I was to say that I try and keep a kind of Monday to Friday, I rarely start before 10 because I'm a night owl completely. And I try, I try and finish around about four o'clock. Um, I know we're recording this in the evening at 6, 6 p.m., but I'm going out straight after. So it's all fine. It's all beautifully planned. I actually, I've got a few projects that I work on at a, at a time. So I have certain days that are, I reserve for client calls and I work much better when I've kind of got back to back clients. So back to back with a bit of a buffer in the middle, but you know, it'll generally be Mondays and Wednesdays and Friday mornings where I have client work. And then a lot of the other time is spent, I do some consultancy work for, so I'm an affiliate for some management consultancies. So I do a couple of days training if they've got some big corporate training on. And then I do a lot of my content. So I, a lot of my clients come through LinkedIn. So what I do is I will batch write content. So I'll write content for a week. I'll repurpose content that I've had. And I will put that into a, into a scheduler. And I have a, just started a YouTube channel. So I will record sort of like a four videos at a time and, and I'm still editing them. I want to outsource that in the very near future, but yeah, I'm trying to sort of not start quite so early, finish early. I'm on a fitness kick at the moment. So my meeting in the diary is a 4.30 PM spin class at the gym. So that means I have to leave at four to get there. So that's a really, that helps to keep me fit and makes me leave the office. Cause you know, there's always something to do when you run your own business, right? So it just helps to keep me back on track. So I have a, I have a kind of what I call a default diary, but there is a lot of flexibility in there. I love that hack. If you plan something for 4.30, yeah, you've got to leave. So it's a really nice way to force your workday to end at a reasonable hour. And of course, exercise is such a boost, right? So good for you on yeah. so many levels. Stress, yeah. you know, physicality, of course, and everything. What's big for you in the future? So what are some of your sort of big goals and dreams for the next couple of years? 
So my YouTube channel is a big focus of mine right now. So I'd really like to grow that. I mean, what I'm creating there is just a library of content for people because I get asked the same kind of questions all the time. So it's what's great is I can go, I've recorded a video on this. So here you are, it's here. I'm also planning a big move overseas myself at the moment as well. So that's quite exciting. So my husband is from Mauritius, which is an island in the Indian Ocean. So we are planning to move back there. So in my head, I'm going to be there by the end of this year. So that's a big thing to plan. Oh, how fabulous. And you know, I've often thought I really need to have a world map on my wall and little (laughs) pins for all my friends and family and people all over because, and that would be a new pin for me. I don't know anyone on that island. So that would be really fun. <laughs> well, we we went there. Obviously, we couldn't travel because of COVID, so we didn't go. We we usually go at least once a year. We weren't able to go for about almost three years, and so we went for seven weeks at the end of last year. And it was proof of concept. So my husband, his organization closed their office now, so everyone in their team is one hundred percent remote. I can run my business from anywhere. So we were both on the dining room table. It was okay. It worked. When I had client meetings, I found a co-working space. It's really cool. They had a big sugar industry there. So it was an old sugar mill. So it was, if I needed a private room for meeting with a client and my husband had to do his meetings as well, I used to hire that room by the hour and it was, it was fantastic. It worked out well, proof of concept. So we're moving there. Well, I wish you well. What a fantastic chapter, you know, and change. It's interesting. That is quite a transition too in the workforce. Do you find that the fact that now so many workplaces are virtual and remote makes it sort of easier for companies to do layoffs? Because in a way they they don't even have to talk to the person face-to-face. Everything is just virtual and on video. Or how has that affected what you've seen in the career industry and the way companies deal with their people and their personnel now that we are so virtual? Yeah, I mean, in the UK, what we're we're talking about this hybrid model, um, which in my view is not truly hybrid. But I think those conversations with with the people I've been dealing with, those conversations are generally happening face to face. So you will be called into the office for that conversation. And I think that's the right thing to do because you just don't know. The thing is, when you're looking at someone through Zoom, you just don't know what's going on for them. You've got my, you know, maybe a blurred background, but you just don't know when they close that screen, what they're going to do. And I think at least if you are face to face, you've got all of the other signals. So you've not just got the signals, you know, from the waist up, but you've got, you can see the whole person and that gives you an indication about how they're going to react. And I think just keeping them in the office a little bit longer is useful just to kind of keep an eye on them from a well-being perspective, because you just don't know what they're going to do or how they're going to react. If you're expecting this or not, it's always a surprise. The UK, we would always have the what we call the at-risk conversation. So your role is at risk of redundancy. That's a shock. And I think those conversations should be had face-to-face for sure. Well, a lot of listeners of this show are considering a voluntary jump where they may be in the corporate grind, maybe in a job that, that they're not happy with, um, that doesn't fulfill them. And uh, you know they're thinking of transitioning on their own, either to become an entrepreneur, self-employed, or maybe to go work at a in a different career, different job that will fulfill them more. What do you have as advice for people in that situation? I'd say do it. (laughs) If that's what you want to do, you know, life is too short. What I would always advise though, is figure out what type of person you are. So how risk averse are you? If you are really risk averse and really nervous about it, then put a 
sort of scaffolding or something in place around you that can support you. So even if it's like, right, okay, I'm going to start saving a big chunk of my current salary to act as my buffer, then start to do that right now. It's almost like you have to build this cushion before you make the leap, right? So if you're quite risk averse, then do that. I would also figure out what is it that you really want to do? What is it that's your zone of genius? What type of, org- it's almost the exercise I do with my clients. It's like, what's really important to you? Do you want to make a difference to the world or do you just want to make a shed load of money? You know, what is it that's really driving this change? And be, be really honest with yourself about that. Because if it's okay, you just want to make a shed load of money, then go and be an expat somewhere and just milk a tax-free salary for two years. And that might give you the, the buffer to go and do something else. If actually what you want to do is change the world and save the planet, then that's going to take something different. But just be really clear about what it is, what's the reason for the change. And it's always better if you are moving towards something rather than running away from something. So try and just, again, have that honest conversation with yourself, which is, am I just running away from this crap job or am I running towards a brilliant future? And try and make it so that you're running towards the thing rather than away from the thing. Excellent advice. And for you, how many of your clients, like what percentage would be companies that hire you to help them transition their people onwards versus individual uh, job seekers and, and workers who are looking for career change consulting and advice? It's about 50-50 at the moment, actually. It does change. So when I first started my business, it was sort of 90% individuals and 10% businesses. And then it sort of, there was a period last year where it kind of flipped completely. So it was 90% businesses. It's about 50-50 now uh, between individuals and, and organizations. Seems like a great balance for you. And what parting words of wisdom would you have for the audience? Gosh, <laughs> say, I say, get clear on what brings you joy in life and use that as a basis for finding your next role or whether it's a role stepping into a business or whatever it is, but just think about what is it that brings you joy and where are you operating in your zone of genius? Thank you so much for helping us find more joy in life, which really life is short, as you said earlier. And uh, we really should be on a constant quest to find the things that make us happy. For people who want to connect with you and especially watching that YouTube channel, I'm sure there are people who want to go check out those videos. What is the best way to connect with you further and where can they find those videos? So my website is my name. It's janeferre.com. And that's there should be a link to my YouTube. I'm saying that there should be a link to my YouTube channel on there. But my YouTube channel, again, it's just my name. It's Jane Ferrey. But also I'm on LinkedIn. I connect with anybody who, who requests to be connected. So if you want to connect with me there, I do daily content on there all about job hunting, CVs, interviews, and I even share a little bit of off-duty stuff as well. So connect with me on LinkedIn. And I love your name, Ferret, but how do you say it with a French pronunciation? <laughs> Ferret. Oh, love it. Love it. Can't I can't <laughs> do that accent, the French accent, but I just love it. Great name. So for everyone who wants to go to the site, it's janeferret.com and it's spelled J-A-N-E-F-E-R-R-E.com. So please connect. Uh, You're a wonderful beacon of hope for all job seekers and people in transition between jobs. And thank you for all that you do for everyone in that situation. Thank you, Flavia. Guess what, lifestyle solopreneurs? If you don't yet have an online business earning you enough passive income to live the life of your dreams, I'd like to suggest you consider trying out Kajabi. 
Kajabi is an all-in-one solution where you can create and teach online courses, publish a paid newsletter, launch a free or paid podcast, process payments, build one-on-one coaching portals for your clients, and much, much more. I personally use Kajabi to power numerous successful and profitable online businesses. Lifestyle solopreneurs, there's a free trial of Kajabi waiting for you at this link, www.kfreetrial.com. You can try Kajabi for free, no obligation, by going to www.kfreetrial.com. Again, kfreetrial.com, and that K stands for Kajabi. Starting an online business helped me break free from that corporate grind, and I hope it does the same for you. You have nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and see you next time.